Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Monday, November 13th. Coming up, Johnson County is not the Republican stronghold it used to be. You know, we talk a lot about is Johnson County blue, is Johnson County red. You know, Johnson County has always been sort of like a, a, a lavender or a very light blue. We'll hear how the politics of the wealthiest county in Kansas have changed over the past several years. But first, some headlines. The former Kansas City police detective serving prison time for killing a black man has been moved out of state. KCUR's Peggy Lowe reports. Eric DeVelconeer has been locked up since October 17th, the day his conviction was upheld by the Missouri Court of Appeals. DeVelconeer was found guilty of second-degree involuntary manslaughter and armed criminal action by a Jackson County judge two years ago for the killing of 26-year-old Cameron Lamb. DeVelconeer was being held at a state prison in St. Joseph, but has since been moved to an unspecified facility out of state. A corrections spokeswoman said only that interstate transfers happen for safety and security reasons, and so they are confidential. Johnson County is cutting three bus routes at the end of the year. KCUR's Savannah Holly Bates has more. Johnson County said it reviewed current usage of its transit lines before deciding to cut the Overland Park Flex, Olathe Express, and Gardner Overland Park Express lines. The routes had as few as four riders per hour. Mike Kelly, chairman of the Johnson County Board of Commissioners, said that this does mean that the county will decrease options, but he says they're still committed to improving public transit. It is a service that we need to provide to our residents if we want to be one of the best counties in America. The bus routes will end December 31st. Johnson County has listed 12 alternate bus routes for riders to take, as well as stressing Ride KC Freedom paratransit and microtransit bus options. We'll be back after this. The results of last Tuesday's elections showed Johnson County isn't as Republican as it used to be. Although Democrats are still outnumbered, their population has grown at a faster rate than that of Republicans. State Representative Stephanie Clayton is a Democrat from Overland Park, and Steve Rose is a political columnist and longtime Johnson County resident. They told KCUR's Steve Kraske how the county's politics have changed and what that means for the future. You know, with only a few exceptions, Steve, election results in Johnson County showed there's more support for Democrats maybe than ever. You've been tuned into the political scene here for decades. How have you seen the county change? What do you make about what's going on here? Well, in preparation for that question that I anticipated, I actually just picked two dates, 2010 and 2023, because a lot of people think that this is the sudden surge of Democrats in, into the into the governmental entities of Johnson County right. is something that sort of cropped up in the last couple, two or three years. And I wanted people to know, having sat back and watched the changes that have occurred over time, in 2010, there were 85... Now, if Stephanie catches me on a number, feel free to jump in. But 85,100... Excuse me, 180, no, 85,000 Democrats were registered in Johnson County in 2010. Right. That 
Today, that number has doubled to 150,000. Now, during that same period of time, Republicans registered 172,000 back then mm-hmm. and only 190,000 now. So there's been a little tiny 10% increase in Republicans. Basically, you could say Republicans have stagnated and the surge has been monumental in the number of Democrats, wow. the number of people who have either switched over to Democrat or, or from unaffiliated or just moved into the county and said, I want to be a Democrat. But to be clear, you're saying that the number of Republicans still outnumbered Democrats by roughly 40,000. Yeah, 40. That's right. But the, the rate of increase among Democrats far surpasses that of Republicans. It's a, it's a 100 percent increase. Wow. In amazing. Democrats. Stephanie, what do you make of it, Representative Clayton? Well, I'm one of those uh, people yeah. who became a Democrat between 2010 and 2023. Mm-hmm. So I can certainly relate. And I think a lot of it has to do with national politics. The, uh, the Republican Party, sadly, has been showing a lot of people that they are not welcome. Even some of the most conservative people that I know in Johnson County are experiencing some of those feelings. And so it comes as no surprise that we would see this shift. Steve, I'm just wondering, you know, is it fair to say that 30 years ago, could you have ever foreseen such a monumental shift in the county that you call home? Never. Yeah. Never. I would have never seen it, believed it. I talked yesterday with Ed Eilert. Sure. I'm sure he's the name that all of your listeners know. He served 44 years in public service in Johnson County, about half the time as mayor of Overland Park, about half the time as the chairman of the county commission. And he was a leading Republican, as well as a leader in himself, uh, in, in all that he accomplished. Well, I don't think a lot of people know that in the last election, he supported Mike Kelly Hmm. Democrat for the to take his place as he retired from the county commission. What does that tell you? After 44 years, he switches over and supports a Democrat. Because the conservative running against Mike Kelly was simply unacceptable to him. That you have got the whole story right there. The extremism of the over of the Republican Party has alienated a huge percentage of people in Johnson County, who lived there, who were moderate, and they were happy being Republican moderates. I don't know if they're happy being Democratic moderates. I assume they are, because Mm -hmm. that's what a lot of them are choosing. But the unacceptable is, is the Republican Party of today. Representative Clayton, you know, Steve Rose just outlined one metric for how to measure the shift in the county over the years. That's the number of registered voters, which party they're siding with. How about the state House delegation going over to Topeka these days? How many total, how many of those folks are Democrat and Republican? Well, out of the entire state house in Kansas, which is 125 legislators, 40 of those are are Democrats. And out of that 40 Democrats, 16 of them are from the Johnson County delegation. Wow. Wow. And how many, uh, how big is the delegation from Johnson County altogether these days? Uh, so altogether, it's, it's, there are 11 Republicans that I would consider part of the Johnson County delegation. Some of them only 
only have slivers of Johnson County as part of their district. So for instance, we have someone who lives in Wellsville, but part of her district is in Johnson County. So she is part of the delegation. So, so to be I clear, you're yeah. saying uh, 16 of the 27 lawmakers going to Topeka from Johnson County these days in the state house are Democratic. Yes. The majority are Democrats. Yes. And that's a Big, big shift too, right? A massive shift. When I first took office, there were two Democrats in the House delegation. Now there are 16, and I suspect after next year's elections, there will be more. Both of you have mentioned this idea that you know the current brand of Republicanism isn't uh, appealing to a lot of voters in Johnson County. Is there anything else going on? Are folks just the influx of residents, people moving to the county? What else is happening to cause these big changes? Well, I think a lot of the things that are happening to cause these big changes are that, again, you know, we talk a lot about is Johnson County blue, is Johnson County red? You know, Johnson County has always been sort of like a a, a lavender or a very light blue, right? Johnson County is still very moderate. For instance, a former Johnson County chair, Ed Eilert, is a good story. He, uh, you know, I worked with him for a number of years. Always very reasonable, very calm. There's a reason why he supported Mike Kelly, not just because Mike Kelly's opponent was unacceptable, but because Mike Kelly himself is a very reasonable, calm, middle-of-the-road Democrat. That's one of the reasons why I'm so happy to have him leading the county the way that he is. It was a very seamless transition representative of how most Johnson Countyans feel and who they want to run the show. Steve Rose, Mike Kelly, the most progressive leader of county government in Johnson County, maybe ever, going back decades? How would you put it? Well, actually, knowing Mike pretty well now, uh, I would say that uh, he is moderate. And I, I think that the fear that Republicans, the moderate Republicans have is we know there's a march on. The Democrats are, they're not just registering. They are organized, funded, hmm. passionate, and they have a real objective in mind. And that is to take over all the governance in Johnson County. Hmm. So a majority of Democrats now control the county commission. Six to one Democrat control the Johnson County Community College. Wow. They're taking over municipalities and they've taken over the water board even. Six to one <laughs> Democrat. Thank goodness for waterboard politics, right? <laughs> Representative Clayton, what results on this week's elections caught your eye in terms of also sort of uh, reiterating this continuing push toward the blue side of the political ledger? Well, the races that I was watching the most by far was the Blue Valley Board of Education race. So we knew that uh, there was some far-right extremist money that was getting poured into that area, misleading texts being sent. But we've seen this before in Kansas. It's uh, unfortunate that that's the way that that side chooses to work. But what pleased and shocked me was the massive margin by which the two moderate and two Democratic candidates in that Blue Valley race prevailed. Uh, you know, Jan Kessinger just completely destroyed his opponent mm. and nothing made me happier. So yeah. that really caught my eye. And, you know, later in a bit, we'll have to talk about uh, two interesting outliers, the city of Shawnee and the city of Prairie Village, because not everything is uniform. Explain that to me. What are you talking about? Well, the, what what I'm saying is that so I grew up in the city of Shawnee and uh, poor Shawnee has sort of been under the thumb of some terrible uh 
ultra-right conservative and somewhat corrupt leadership. And uh, their citizens stood up and said no to uh, three of the four council members. The only one they didn't say no to didn't have an opponent. Mm -hmm. And they chose a moderate Republican as their mayor. And so uh, Shawnee had been kind of tracking conservative, dangerously so, for quite some time. And so to sort of see them throw off those shackles was uh, very edifying. And I'm sure that the citizens there are very pleased. But on the other hand, you have Prairie Village, which had one of the most progressive councils, and you saw a major backlash against that. I think we have uh, one progressive council member who I think is still ahead and probably will be ahead. That's the very close race. Yeah, the very close race. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I I still think, though, that by the canvassing, he'll prevail. But in others, it was, you know, uh, quite a backlash. And four out of the six Mm -hmm. who are on the slate, who are opposed to the affordable housing movement, one, not and that there, not all twelve council people were up for election. Half, half of them mm-hmm. were, but of the six, four of them was the backlash that we're talking about. Who said no? We don't want this affordable housing movement in, in remaking Prairie Village so that it is more affordable. It's to me a preposterous idea. That you take a charming community that's very small, 23,000. It's a high-density community. Right. But you don't have big, tall apartments. There's nowhere to grow. And that, that was probably the most controversial race. That was KCUR's Steve Kraske speaking to State Representative Stephanie Clayton and political columnist Steve Rose. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org, where you can also hear our live stream. If you like our show and want to support us, leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.